Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk, what else? Some Gophers football, just kidding, just kidding. We are going to talk Gophers, because they already played a game, but it's a heavy Vikings podcast with a little Gophers segment at the end. Speaking of those Gophers, they did get the dub. It wasn't pretty, but they got the dub. But, yes, we will start. We're not going to recap the whole preseason by any stretch of the imagination. But we'll talk, you know, preseason thoughts, 53-man roster. We got some undrafted guys. We got, I think it's like 12 safeties, something like that, six tight ends. Now, we got a lot of lot of uh, talk there that's kind of interesting and, and probably shows the hand of uh, Flores or, Co- you know, Cage. Coach KO, you know, of what they want to do with the offensive defense and special teams. So we'll talk all about that stuff, some of the uh, recent pickups, like the uh, running back out of Miami, just a variety of stuff, and, and also some keys to next season, offensively, defensively, you know, how much can the defense, we know it's going to look different, how much can it improve, um, What can we improve on offense, whether, you know, some sort of improvement on sustaining drives. Um, So, yeah, well, we'll talk it through. And then, of course, of course, we'll preview and predict the fights against Buccaneers. Um, Six-point favorites as it stands right now. Baker Mayfield is 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 under center. He's the signal caller. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah, we'll preview and predict. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little, uh, Gophers football to close. If this is your first time listening to the purple people eaters podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. However, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it and download the show directly there. You can find it in a number of places under rope radio at Apple podcast, iHeartRadio. You can check it out on the podcast app, Player FM, Google Podcast, Podtail, and a host of other platforms. We also have um, the Living in Loserville uh, Purple People Eaters type basketball and football once basketball comes show uh, on, is it Stitcher or Spricker? Why am I losing it right now? Uh, uh, that would be Spricker. Spricker, thank you. Much. And that, that goes uh, out to Spotify and all kinds of other uh, outlets. There we go. Um, and then also, you know, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. Um, Sports News 24 as well. And one more thing. Sign up for DirecTV Stream and save $30. Plus add DirecTV Sports Pack. That gives you uh, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, SEC, and Big Ten Network. Stream with no strings, live sports news and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees, no satellite disc, no cable box. For a limited time, say $30. Choose the direct TV stream package that's right for you. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in Aaron once again. First and foremost, you know, how, how has the summer been? Although it's still summer, if we check the temperature gauge early September, but um, how's it going just in general? And also, you know, it, it is time. That's the thing about September and the end of summer. You know, football's right around the corner, my friend. Right around the corner. Uh, summer was good. 
you know, it got hot and cold. It's a little bit of everything this year. Um, but this is like Labor Day, man. So it's kind of the last day of, of summer. So I guess, you know, technically, uh, I guess not even technically, but I guess what it, generally that's what we say is the last day of summer. And I, I guess, you know, fall's coming in, football's coming around. It was, you know, the off season was, it seemed a little shorter this year for some reason. I don't know why. But it's good to have football again, good to talk about, good to be back for our sixth season of the Purple People Leaders podcast. And glad everybody here's joined us and continues to uh, listen to our shows. It's been fun doing them, and I can't wait to kick off this season. Um, interesting season on the rise, I think. Uh, I think it'll be vastly different from beginning of the season to end of the season, regardless of, of what happens. And, um, you know, starting off in a Interesting way, Chris, with um, not, you know, uh, re-signing Cousins, I thought was interesting. It kind of lingers. We'll see how that goes through the course of the year. Um, and then, you know, a lot of guys are gone, you know, Kendricks, and uh, just let go of a lot of salaries that were, you know, I guess not favorable for the future due to age or time. Thielen's gone. It looks like he's doing pretty well down there in Carolina. So we'll get some new faces in, a little new blood, and, and see how it goes, but it's exciting to get the season kicked off here, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun season to talk about. Yeah, I mean, they've really kind of lived up, although people mock the term, and I understand why people were mocking the term, but the competitive rebuild, they're living up to it pretty damn close. Uh, definitely, if you look at these first two years, or two off seasons, especially this off season, because they they had a full year to be here and whatnot. Um, they definitely lived up to it. I mean, they like you said, they they didn't extend Cousins, Thielen, but a variety of you know contracts that we thought out oh, they're probably gone. Definitely thought Thielen, he would have had to take like a super super hometown deal. Um, and based off you know his separation or lack thereof and, and play last year. You know, I could understand, you know, especially with Jefferson getting so many more targets, and that's only going to increase. So, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, but, you know, Hunter Stang was a surprise to some, um, at least one more year. Same with uh, Harrison Smith. Um, I thought, you know, we haven't had a dominant, especially like two years ago when we had all those injuries on defensive line. We haven't had a dominant defensive line that got off the quarterback for a while. Um, and to me, Harrison Smith really showed up during that time, and I didn't think he was as washed as a lot of people were talking about, and I thought that kind of proved it. Obviously, Delvin Cook, that was another one. When you look at the market value and what he ended up getting, um, it, it did make sense, um, but I, I'm definitely you know happy that Cook found a, a home in the win-now Jets, too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're definitely win-now, right? Yeah, um, I mean, they have to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it, you know, when you look at it, we have, like, you know, um, the Pace Jr., you know, out of Cincy. What is it, three undrafted guys on the roster? I think Tampa Bay has six of them at my last hmm. count. That was kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, the 53-man roster, not a bunch of huge surprises per se, once we, you know, and, and obviously it's a it's a moving thing, but um, I'd say the tight end room and the safety room stand out, uh, you know, at the top of the list of, hmm, that's interesting. 
It is interesting, Chris. I mean, you've got the four tight ends, uh, which, you know, we talked a little bit about how that alludes to more 12 personnel and, you know, gets, uh, puts people, I guess, in the box a little bit more to free up Jefferson and, and Addison as that, as it were. Uh, the lack of cook kind of scares me a little bit. Um, just because, you know, you don't know what kind of production you're going to get from Madison. Obviously we've seen him run in spots and an occasional games a couple years ago, and it seems like he could hold it down, but you never know. And then the backups with Chandler, you know, he ran good in the preseason, um, but, you know, preseason is preseason. Uh, picked up Miles Gaskin. That's another pickup. We talked a little bit about that. We thought that was a good pickup. I mean, he's a pass catcher. He seems to always, every time I've seen him play, he's been productive in, in his uh, opportunities. And then, you know, I don't know. Did Nwangwu get it for kick return? I'm not sure if he came in, but uh, but the tight ends you got four of them now. I think what Hawkinson signed, and then you've got uh, the good old Johnny Munt and uh, the Oliver guy Gosh, from, yep. from Baltimore, and then the the Nick Muse surprise of the preseason as well. And and the safeties, Chris. I really think a lot of that has to do with special teams as well as some three safety looks. But I think if you're gonna you know, put together a, a special teams roster, so to speak, you're going to probably want guys like safeties, corners, uh, linebackers, things like that. So I think that a little bit of both there. Uh, it is interesting, though, Chris. I don't remember a team saving six safeties, but, you know, that's the way it goes. And I guess they're, they're pretty quality safeties. And I guess you have depth there, which is what you need. And depending on what Flores does, Chris, I, you know, it's, interest, it's going to be interesting to see because – that defense is, and we'll get to that when we talk about that, but it's going to be interesting to see because there's got to be, you know, a lot of times you want a dual purpose thing. So you're not just going to put six safe safeties on for, for special teams. They're going to have to play a part also in, in packages. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they use uh, different guys in different places there. Right. You're not going to use up roster spots. Just be like, well, I like how he tackles on special teams. It's like, yeah, well, we got a lot of guys that can tackle. So I don't know if we can. You're right. It's got to be the dual thing. And, and, you know, we did see some of that. And we, you know, judging from his past stops, um, you know, he definitely did bring in the safeties more, three safeties, like you said. And and it kind of is that safety linebacker stuff. Um, and, and, you know, being on the line, which a lot of these guys are used to or close to the line, line of scrimmage. Um, and like you said, it's good depth. I mean, Jay Ward is a, it could be, I'm not going to say necessarily a steal in the draft, but man, he, he looks like he could be a productive player in the NFL. And obviously we still got to see Lewis seen as far as fully, you know, coming back from that pretty devastating injury. There was times where he missed a tackle and it went for a touchdown, but also times where he looked good, even in those those scrimmages, uh, he would kind of sing on the screen and whatnot. Like you said, Josh Metellus do buying him. Yeah, there's a lot of depth there, but yeah, it's got to be something to it. And who knows? Maybe we'll end up with only five when we do a trade or move or something like that. But I just don't see him keeping that many. And yeah, I mean, I never actually did the the that. I tried to start doing the research. And I just – something came up, and I never got back to it to see the last time that we opened the season or ever had six safeties on. And, and you know, to a lesser extent, but still an extent, the tight ends as well, to have four. that, that That's somewhat rare 
uh, especially for a team that was fourth in pass attempts last year. But like you said, to have that, you know, three wide receiver sets and four and whatever, right? Those are great. And we wanted more of them last year, no doubt about it. We're we're not complaining at all. But there are some times that if they're going to bracket and, and, and show much so much attention to Jefferson, we got to take advantage of that. And also, a lot of people think that we can't do a three wide receiver set, and that you know, with two tight ends. And of course, you can. You can do it just in general, or you can split Hawkinson out, which we didn't see a whole lot. Um, Throughout the game, we'd see it here and there, or when we were like, well, we're down now, we got to go, let's go four wide receivers or whatever. But I I kind of like lining up, and then boom, you know, you see something, okay, we're going to split him out, and all of a sudden he's a wide receiver. You only have two wide receivers on the field, but as we know, he's a third wide receiver. And, and the second target, um, you know, two, two cousins, clearly, and that's another reason why Thielen is not here. And like you said, we did extend that deal. And some people, I do want to talk a little bit about the TJ Hawkinson thing. Some folks get caught up right now in money. Every year, if you're going to be a top five, top seven type player at your position, guess what? You're going to get paid. And then the next year and the year after that, and it, look at what quarterbacks done the last like three, four years. You're like, oh, wow, he's making that. Oh, wow. You know, so I think people are a little, some people were like, oh, that's awesome. Some people are like, man, I, I don't think he's worth it. It's like, by the, first of all, the cap number is real strong. It, it's, it's very good on our side. And then let's say two, three years, let's say three years go by and maybe he just hasn't you know, lived up to it or whatever, and he hasn't uh, kept his spot or ascended even higher and become uh, even a better player. Well, when you look at the cuts, then it's really, it's cat friendly considering how big of a deal it is. So I'm really glad they got that. Obviously, uh, you know, the Jay Jetta Jefferson will be the next one there. And I've even seen uh, over the last month or so, I've seen multiple people kind of take their, stab at figuring out what the contract would look like. And like I said, that per year guaranteed or just per year in general compared to what it says on the cap, I think people really have to pay attention to that because that is where it plays in uh, the most. But, yeah, back to the tight end stuff. It's a good sign. It is a good sign. And Oliver, you know, I do remember Oliver Oliver here and there just like, oh, that dude, he laid that dude out or, you know, watching Baltimore and stuff like that. And they'd mention him from time to time because they do run a fair amount there, obviously. And, uh, man, that first preseason game, he ran that dude over. I was like, get him out of the game. Get him out of the game right now. We already know he can do that. Please get him out of the game. Um, and you're right about the – uh, Muse, he made that nice catch, and it looks like he was doing a, a you know, a fair well enough to make the the roster. Um, real quick, what are your thoughts just in general? And we've talked about this briefly, but not a whole lot. What are your thoughts in general about pretty much all important starters? Pretty much aren't gonna play in preseason, and instead doing those not just one, but two scrimmages to get live one-on-one reps. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, where are you at, at with that? Well, 
obviously, if you're going to sit down and watch a preseason game or at least keep an eye on it, you'd like to see some starters um, because you just want to see, you know, the best at their positions. But I think, you know, we've gone through our slew of injuries in the preseason and and so on throughout the history of time, and we don't need to have uh, some guys playing. Now, you know, get a series in, it'd be nice, you know, if you could. But I think that's what they're using those uh, joint practices for, Chris. I mean, that's you mentioned it, and I think that's it. And uh, I don't know, you know, you can still get injuries there, but I guess it's in your building and you can deal with them or hide them or do whatever it is that you want to do there. So I guess I have mixed feelings on it. I, I want to see guys play just because if I'm going to sit down for 25 minutes and watch preseason game, because I generally only watch about 25 minutes of preseason, and, you know, maybe go to the highlights and, and see who might have uh, flashed. And then other than that, I don't really watch uh, much of it. So, I, you know, I, obviously you want to see starters, um, but I'd rather not see starters and go into week one with a, with a clean uh, injury bill or at least a, uh, a less injured squad. And back to the Hawkinson thing, you know, I'm not really looking for him to improve. If he can give us what he gave us last year over, what, 17 games, that's fine for the contract there. You're right. The cap goes up a lot. Uh, the number's not that bad. You want to talk about Jefferson. That contract's not going to hit. Even if you sign him now, it's not going to hit till 2025, right? Or is it 2024? So you're not going to feel a lot of cap problems with that until you're ready to deal with it. Um, they're going to sign him. It's going to be big. I don't know what the contract's going to look like, but you know, if he has another season like he had last year, Chris, it's going to be a big contract. And, you know, that's tough to wrap around your neck as an organization, but, you know, I guess you, you, you get what you pay for. And if he can continue and, and have another, you know, quality to great year, uh, you're going to have to pay him and he's going to get paid here or somewhere else. So, you know, that's going to be, that's the one that's probably going to sting on the cap for a little while. I think, um, I'd rather give that to, maybe a quarterback, but you don't really have that in your system at the moment. I don't really want to give it to Cousins, so I give it to Jefferson and, and hope his production stays the same. Hawkinson, I think after a year, we're not even going to think about that contract. And and Hunter, you know, that's an interesting thing, Chris. What are they doing there, uh, kind of prolonging the agony here, or just giving him another year to get him on the field? Like, what's the long-term plan with Hunter? I really think it's probably get to this next offseason and talk about it again. Um, obviously they've proven that they're not going to let this guy go over the last two seasons. He's had contract issues. They've all got working out on, on one year deals. So I think they're just kind of kicking the can down the road with Hunter, giving him big cash, letting him come back to get a, a better contract. And also he had the injury thing. So maybe they want to see if, if he stays healthy. And I think he will. Um, and how productive can he be in this three, four? That's another question. I mean, he wasn't as productive last year as an outside linebacker slash pass rusher. And he's kind of a 4-3 guy. So maybe you want to take a look at another year in the 3-4 and see how he fits into that. Um, all that goes into his contract. But I'm glad we signed him. I'm glad at least – because that defensive line, Chris, without Hunter is just who – I mean, you've got the guy Lowry coming over from uh, Green Bay. You've got uh, the Harrison guy there. you got some guys, uh, the new guy uh, drafted, Jacqueline Wah or whatever. So it's not really a great defensive line without Hunter, and, and even with Hunter, it's not a great defensive line. So you want to have somebody there, and I think that helps a lot. Unless guys take a step up, Wanham, Patrick Jones, somebody on that other side, it's going to be very interesting to see how that defensive line plays. And, and uh, I think that's a necessary 
that was in reason that you necessarily had to get Hunter uh, signed and ready to play this season. Yeah, and there was so much talk about, you know, Hunter this, Hunter that, the last, like you said, few years, really. And it was a lot of it was just talk. You know, they were talking and they were discussing, and then he shows up to training camp. And it's like, well, okay, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> it's a very good sign. Um, but like you said, the, the fact that he, you know, for three out of five years he was injured, um, in their major injuries, they're, you're done with the season type injuries. So I think that's where the hesitation is. Obviously, he's, he's with the same agent, so the agent's trying to make up for the shit he did in the past, remember? So it's like, well, hold on, dude, we can't pay you everything because, you know, you gotta produce too on the field, you gotta make sure you're healthy. So I think they're, they kind of met halfway, like you said, there's no way he was going to play on the deal he had uh, because it was really low. So you knew something was going to go there. But, yeah, I like that we brought him back, and it is kind of a – well, shit, I mean, maybe – and Flores talked about this as well a little bit, at least hinting that because down the stretch last year we did have – you know, we, we were starting to put his hand in the grass more, you know, and that's all of a sudden when his sacks started going up, go figure. But maybe that's where the safety comes in. Um, so you can actually, it's a weird 3-4 where all of a sudden he's got his hand and they're coming off the edge. So uh, that's a good call, though. Um, and then the Jefferson one, honestly, like, the deal's going to be monstrous, but it all comes down to, you know, the, the cap, the actual cap number. Not if we cut him or if we traded him, the, the cap number each and every year that it affects us. Um, and, and I think it'll be a lot better than people assume right now. Uh, a lot of the, the so-called experts locally, um, and some of them are great, and, and they are experts. Some of them, it is what it is. But I don't think it'll be nuts on the actual cap. Um, and then let's say in a few years you go by and, you know, maybe you would give it to – maybe you did draft a quarterback this year, right? And, and maybe then that, you know, in a, in a chunk of years – You'd start to need to pay that person. Well, then maybe it's just it's easier to trade someone anyway. I'm not saying trade them, but people have talked about that, and that's fine. But if you're going to trade them, you might as well have the deal done. (laughs) It's a lot easier, and and there's leverage for us to already have the deal done. Um, Now, if his play were to just fall on his face or something, yeah, then guarantee money sucks. But this I want a lot of these guys to get more guaranteed, not just because they play team sport, a very rough sport, but they are one of the team sports that don't get a lot of guarantee and it's starting to come up more and more. You see quarterbacks getting more of it. But I think if you're a quality player, then you definitely should get more, and it, and it helps us out on the cap too. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see, like you said, though. But, yeah, maybe that extra safety look at times on third downs or something – allows him to go, uh, you know, get in the get to the quarterback more. Um, well, let's talk about it. Flores' defense, like you said, it, it's got question marks, obviously. It's been a few years now um, that it just hasn't been all that good. Last year we did have cornerback um, injuries, but as far as defensive line and people still able to play and, and linebackers, we didn't have a lot of them missing games like we had previously. Um, so will it look different? Shit. You can tell just watching the games here that it's different. Um, 
it will be different, no doubt. It'll be more aggressive and all that stuff. And I do think some of the players, not that we have a ton still held over on defense uh, from the Zimmer, you know, more of a blitz, not blitz happy, but timely blitzes too. Um, you know, I think that does play into some of the players that we got and, and talk about the quickness of the linebackers and whatnot. Um, you know, how good can it be in year one? That's the thing. I mean, I love Flores a lot. His track record speaks for itself, but I'm not going to be like, it has to be top five or top seven, bro. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, you know, because a lot of times if it's, I mean, if it's middle of the line, if it's the 19th in scoring or 21st in scoring rather than being 31st, you know, like it just needs to be pretty solid a little bit better, and it's funny because as the year went on, Aaron, we just slowly saw, okay, they're not making plays back anymore because we were, you know, they were bend, but they, we don't, we can't, we couldn't call them a bend that don't break because they were breaking left and right, but they would in the fourth quarter come up with some picks in the end zone, right? And so it kind of hit all that stuff, but down the stretch of that season, you knew, okay, this is back to just giving up a ton of yards, and it, like we were saying, too, like if you're going to give up all those yards and all those plays, then fuck it. You might as well blitz them. Like who cares? Maybe at least you get some pressure on the quarterback. So it doesn't need to be top five. But, man, if it could be, you know, 22nd in yards, 19th in scoring, um, that's going to be a key defensively. And, and we'll see. I mean, we got a guy that's known for coaching them up. I mean – Chris, you and I last year, we really gave that defense a lot of latitude. I remember early on in the season, we're like, we don't really know what's going on here, but right. let's give it the benefit of the doubt, you know, and Donatel, and let's see if it works and how well it might work. And sorry, there's a car going by. If you hear that, guys, I had to open the window. It's a little hot up here in my attic where I do the show. So, um, but I think the Flores thing, Chris, it's, it's an interesting thing. He does have a good track record. I think he's got a lot of really great ideas. He does bring pressure, which is, you know, vastly different from last year. And you're right. If you're going to give up stuff, you might as well blitz a little bit and, and see if you can at least get to the quarterback, slow things down a little bit. Um, but I really don't know what to think of Florence because I am a Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's guy. And I don't know if we have the Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, we already talked about the defensive line a little bit. You know, they can always jump up and surprise us, but as of right now, I don't think the Jimmys and Joes are great on the offensive, on the defensive line. Um, the linebackers, you know, pace, okay. He's a little undersized. He's going to get, you know, caught in the wash a lot, but he will make plays. Um, Hicks is old, but, you know, he played well for us last year. I think he'll be counted on to do a lot of run stopping. I know we brought back Nick Vigil. I don't know how much of the field he'll see. Uh, Asamoah's coming off an injury, but, if you think it's going to be Pace and Asamoah with some hicks in there, okay, I like, you know, theoretically that sounds good. Um, let's see how it works and what you want to do with it. And, you know, do you want to maybe try to move Pace back to a safety spot at some, you know, just due to his size or maybe that hybrid, he plays that really well. And then the secondary, Young on the corners, uh, Murphy uh, looks like he's a good vet. He's made plays in training camp and has shown out a little bit. Uh, but then you go to Caleb Evans, who can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, let's hope that he does, because I think he's a starting corner. We talked about that a little bit last year, about we thought he was a starter. Booth yeah. still hasn't really got it yet. I think he, 
you know, it's hard to tell what's going on with him because he has the athletic ability. He's obviously, you know, got the size. Uh, he just needs to figure out how to play corner, I guess, and not grab people and, and not make dumb mistakes. And then you've got, uh, another guy we signed that's what from the USFL or something. I don't know. But, um, so, you know, I, the safeties, we got enough of them. That's for sure. But yeah, when you uh, said you taste know. the safety, it's like, oh boy, we're going to have yeah, to make some room, seven. I guess. Right. And then Bynum, obviously he's played well enough to, to yeah. actually be a starter. Uh, Harrison's going to do his job back there uh, to the best of his ability. And I don't think he's fallen off at all. I don't think he's going to be asked to do an all except for maybe quarterback the secondary a little bit. And then, you know, can you get production from Metellus? Can you get production from uh, Lewis Seen, who seems a little tentative coming off his injury? At least he did in the preseason a little bit, uh, tackling and whatnot. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a test on the – particularly for me, I'm going to be first watching the defensive line. And then, you know, if they can keep people off the linebackers who are small and speedy, I think – that's going to be the true test to stop in the run there. And you've got big bodies, like I said, Lowry. You've got the Harrison uh, Barnes. No, Harrison, uh, what's his last Phillips. name? Phillips. But who's on the other side, Chris? Is it going to be Wanham? Uh, you have the Davenport character, but he yeah. doesn't seem fleet afoot. We'll see how he does in the in the 4-3. But, you know, it could be something exotic that Flores is going to do and keep those. Because I think Davenport's a 4-3 outsider, and I think, Hunter's a 4-3 outsider, so you're going to have them. It's just going to be interesting. I want to see how that defensive line works and, and how the outside linebackers slash defensive ends are going to play in this thing and what you're going to do with the safeties. And, you know, you watch those old Miami tapes and you say, okay, it's going to look like this, but then there's different guys, different linemen. And so I really think, to make a long story short, uh, it's going to be a lot of wait and see. It's going to be a different wait and see than last year with Donatel. Uh, because I think you're going to see things coming at quarterbacks, and he's not going to sit back there and pick you. Yeah, we're going to see it at least. Right. It's not going to be, well, I trust my veterans, and you're going to like how we play. It's not going to be that. It's gonna Yeah, be, you're going to like how I play. <laughs> oh, God. I think it's going to be feast or famine, Chris. What do you think? I think it's going to be you're going to give up some stuff, and you're going to get some stuff. And, you know, yeah. I think we're back to our, our second theme words of our podcast every year, league average. You know, can we have a league right. average defense? Uh, and we can, I think offensively, we're going to be okay. We'll talk about the line a little bit, but we survived it last year. Kirk's yeah, pretty yeah. used to having a bad offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, can we score 30 and keep them 20 or under? It's, it's a definite possibility. Um, you might run into some problems, but, um, I think, you know, defensively, we're going to be my prediction or guess here is if, and want actually, I guess wishful thinking would be 15 to 20 somewhere in there as far as league ranking. And I think that'll be good enough to get you uh, some good wins, but I think that's an optimistic view at this point. And uh, I think that it's going to be a little touch and go as far as uh, the defense goes. And I don't think that's going to be on Flores. I think that's going to be on the roster. Yeah. Cause even when, uh, what was it? 2014 when Zimmer took over, he didn't, they weren't number one right away, but they, you could see improvement. That first year, you're like, oh, wait a second. He did, we did make a jump. And then after that, from 15 to 19, it was, you know, one of the better ones. So yeah, I agree. And also, I remember watching New England and Miami and them saying that we got a rookie quarterback and he's been coached up and he's perfect for this system and stuff like that. So I do think some of these, uh, 
no namers, you know, um, to the casual person, uh, like you said, the X's and O's, uh, that a lot of people actually don't know, even the ones that watch the All-22, when you see them break it down on Twitter, you're like, I don't know about that, dude. I'm not sure if your eyes are telling you that. And I don't have freaking – no one has NFL eyes except the folks in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I think that, uh, you know, like you said, league average type thing, I think that they'll you'll be able to coach them up. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as loving because, you know, everybody hugged each other under the last coordinator. Everyone was just – we just – we have beers together. We have meals and stuff. I don't know if – I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Seems like a nice guy. But, uh, yeah, it'll be just nice to be like, hey, can we get after this fucking quarterback at least try to? Because you know Flores is at least going to bring that. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, he has been a guy that's ran, been a head coach and ran defenses, not been the second guy all the time. Uh, and you know what else, Chris, is I really – I unlike Donatel, you know, I trust uh, Flores to make adjustments on the fly. Yes. You know, I, you know Donatel, I think, what are we doing and we're still doing it? And why are we still doing you know, it? Exactly. It just yep. – yeah. All season long and into the playoff game, and it just was frustrating because it's like, you know, I'm sure, you know, o- O'Connell was saying, do something, you know, and he's just right. like, oh, right, right. you know, I don't know. He seemed inept at that. And I think you can, if you need to stop the bleeding, I trust Flores to be able to do that. Uh, now, obviously, it's a double edged sword. You know, There's you a lot do this, blood. and you're going to get, you know, you bring nine, you're going to get in some trouble. Yeah, yeah. You, will, you will get after the quarterback, but you might also right. give up, you know, a 70-yard touchdown. But, um, you know, it will do things. You know, I, I trust his adjustments a little bit more, and I, I'm excited to see the defense. And I don't want to sound pessimistic at all. I just, you know, I really have – I don't have confidence yet in the yeah. defensive or line. Should you? Or, or should the linebackers. Or the secondary. You know, all three parts of that defense, they need to show me something. Um and and then I'll be like, okay, well at least we have this, we can move that, and we can talk all season about what's going on back there. Um, but you know, uh, just to start off the season, that's some of my concerns. Yeah, no, I think that's that's well said, and it's not like college where well you got a number one safety, you got a number one quarter, you got a number, you'll be good at the rest of the stuff. Well, you know, some of these guys we do have a number one. Other areas you're like, I'm not quite sure. I might know. We'll see. We'll see. Um. And then offensively, obviously special teams. Let's try to improve the extra points. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and then obviously, well, you know, as far as kicking, obviously. But, you know, we, we do need to – it'd be nice to make plays and not have as many plays made on us special teams-wise, hence the safety talk like we were talking about earlier. But as far as offensively, first of all, 140 – I mean, Jordan Addison – Looks legit. I'm gonna call him 140, dude. I mean, you go 140, in a, you know, in a sports car, and your your dog ate your homework type excuse. I'm gonna call him 140. Hey, I went 140 before in a car. Yeah, too. dude. I laughed at it when I saw it. I was like, oh, geez, yeah. this kid's got a Lamborghini, and you don't think he's gonna test it out somewhere? I mean, Unfortunately, the there's point? a state trooper there, but you know, right? At yeah, at some least point, he's doing it at night when there was no one around. I'll tell yeah, you that. At some point, um, you got to put the pedal down on that thing. You sure do. Sure do. We just needed to pick a different road. He probably wouldn't have got caught. But he didn't know the area. Now he knows the area. Um, but he does look legit, um, and we kind of knew that going in. K.J. Osborne on a contract year. Um, there's a reason why Thielen is gone. 
Uh, we don't even mention TJ Hawkinson in this time, but we mentioned him earlier, obviously. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's stacked and ready to go. And yeah, I mean, if, if there's a good chance that KJ is going to get a big contract from somebody and God bless him, it's contract year. Go for it, man. You know, if it is what it is, at least we do have, you know, something in the chamber. And we already, and we have a two, uh, our second wide receiver is TJ. So, you know what I mean? We got KJ, TJ, JA, JJ. We got a lot of, lot of stuff. It's getting confusing. But obviously, one of the biggest things these last two years, Delvin Cook or not, and like you said, I, you're talking about Cook earlier, Matson, it's true. We've seen him do it for a game, a start a game or a few games or the rest of a game when Cook left or whatever. But to, to do it the whole time, that will be, that will be kind of interesting. Um, and I wouldn't doubt if, of course, he gets the most carries, but it is more, you know, gasket in uh, Chandler. Like, they get in there more. I, I would see, you know, more than they had in the past anyway, as far as the backs up behind Cook. Um, but it just comes down to fucking the what we've been talking about. And, and the term on offense has been serviceable, right? Interior offensive line and really the guards – because uh, at least Bradbury showed something last year. The guards and, you know, their road to serviceability, <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it up. Serviceability. Can they be serviceable? Can they become it? Because a lot of folks were down on Ingram as a rookie, which he was giving up a lot of stuff. But Cleveland, when you look at pressures, Cleveland wasn't all that far behind a true rookie playing. So, okay, well, let's not just focus on Ingram. Let's focus on Cleveland, too. And to his, you know, to his credit, in a sense, it's like, well, he's not playing a, you know, he's playing guard, not tackle. Um, So that plays into it, too, right? We just, we're really worried about tackles, but can we get a guard in here someplace? Uh, So, yeah, ultimately, you know, that, that, rookie to second year jump they must be banking on Ingram being serviceable in his second year Um, Uh because as it stands right now we still have like 14 million dollars this whole Cousins is killing the cap we have 14 million dollars right now for this year to spend I'm not saying let's spend it all I'm just saying (laughs) it still is mine this is where the competitive rebuild is like Okay, so where's the competitive part on the interior line? Like, I know we got the outside guys. They're studs. Like I said, I'll give credit to Bradbury. We, we dogged him for years. It's not even dogging him. We're just – it's not even being critical. He was getting fucking bull rush left and right. He did make a jump. Okay, cool. We're going to need that from England and or Cleveland. Otherwise, it's going to be it's, – it's tough to be good on first down and show improvement because that's what I started this thing, long story short. Cook, even Cook, the guy who could make you miss, was having problems on first down, which put us in second and third and long. The the last two years, we've been either at the top of that or right there, top three worst in that thing. And, and to have a successful offense like we did last year and to be that bad on first down, man, just a little increase, just a little improvement – could go a long way for that because we got the weapons. You know, six seasons of the Purple People Eater podcast, Chris, and we 
every beginning of the season, it's been offensive line issues. And this is through the Spielman regime, and now we're into Kwesi. I don't understand really why that's just not like addressed immediately uh, in the free agency or the draft. But here we are again with uh, those three guys in the middle, uh, Cleveland, Ingram, and Bradbury, who I think also this summer we all saw him got trucked in, in a practice. Now, it was a practice, and it was a drill and all this, but it's never good to see your center just And what the hell was Cleveland? Up. Did you see Cleveland getting out of the guy's way? Oh, here, you, you have Bradbury by yourself. Like, what, what are you even doing there, dude? I mean, just picked up and thrown. Uh, that's just not good. Now, I did mention earlier that Kirk's probably used, he probably knows where he needs to go now and where the bullets are going to come from and, and all that stuff. And you're right. Bradbury took a step up last year. He wasn't getting a uh, bull rushed into Kirk's lap as much, but then, you know, that just moved over to Ingram getting bull rushed or turned around and, and Cleveland's been quiet over there, but yeah, you're right. He's given up the same amount of pressures. Um, but they decided to go with it. I guess they're going to go with coaching him up and seeing it, if it gets better all the way around. And, and I certainly hope it does because. You know, that is the Achilles heel there, and we're not going to run into Akeem Hicks, and we're not going to run, but we're going to run into some. The Eagles have a fantastic defensive line yeah. of big dudes that are going to just, just got wreck <laughs> shop on us. Um, unless be a lot of stepping on Cousins' out. toes, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do we get it? Do we get Ingram some smaller shoes or something? Or, you know, some sort of a beeping alarm when he gets too close to Kirk's feet, but I'm sure we'll get a couple of those uh, this season. I hope not. And let's just hope, you know, Ingram picks it up because if he does and, and Cleveland's the same or better, well, that's a vast improvement on the interior there. And it really will help with our offense. And I think that, you know, Kirk with a little more time, uh, the weapons that he has uh, going 12 personnel is going to help in pass rush stuff uh, with Oliver and, and Hawkinson will need to block a little second um, year in the system, a bunch of people too. You know? Yeah. And so you're going to, you hope to see improvement there because that's really, you know, obviously the, lo- the lack of cook and, you know, cook wasn't the old cook. He's a little beat up, got some wear on his tires. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination or what people were saying last season that he's washed up and done. I think you're going to see in, in New York, that he's far from it, but you know that was a big number for us, and it's a running back and poor running backs right now. I mean, Chris, when we were growing up, running backs were oh my god, second dude. highest paid guys and second oh. highest drafted. <laughs> it's amazing, um, dude. and now it's just these poor guys are fighting for everything that they get, and you know who wants to oh, play running players back now? too? You know, yeah. Yeah, they're twenties. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, so you know, if we have a consistent running game, I'm not saying you know. I'll take four yards of carry as long as those are consistent and, you know, you can count on them when you need them. Um, a short yardage might be an issue um, with the offensive line as usual. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a lot of the same kind of uh, hiccups that we had last year offensively uh, unless they can continue to, you know, uh, evolve the offense in a way which uh, maybe makes that a little bit better. But, I think you need to beef up on the interior offensive line in the offseason, especially if you're going to bring in a rookie quarterback or something like that. You're going to need to get stronger inside there. Obviously, the tackles are, are set. As long as they stay healthy, Darisaw will probably be a pro bowler. O'Neal's been a pro bowler, will probably return to that of his injury. It doesn't hold him back. And then, you know, do you go with – like, what's your running back committee? What's the rotation? Who's the short yardage? You know, those are things right. that will get, get ironed out. 
And then can Addison actually be the component part to Jefferson? Because if he can, and he can pull or need to pull a bracket himself, I mean, that's going to free up a lot of things, especially with Hawkinson in the seam. Uh-huh. It could be very, very dangerous. And you're talking about going 12 and then you, you know, motion Hawkinson out to the edge, brings a linebacker with him. You're able to tell if it's man or zone at that point. Right. And that just opens up a lot of things that you can do or you take Oliver to the other side or, or somebody else, Montour or, or Muse, you know, and you can go almost five wide if you do the two tight ends with Muse and Hawkinson. So it opens up a lot of cool things. That'll be able to be, and I think, you know, O'Connell's the guy you're going to see actually fulfill these kind of interesting little wrinkles that you could pull out. Maybe not week one, maybe not week two, but as you get into week 10, week 11, you're going to start to see things, especially if he finds something that works. And so, yeah, I think offense, we're going to be all right, Chris. I just, you know, the running game and the offensive line and pass protection, I know those are very key fundamental things. <laughs> and you just lost my confidence <laughs> there. Like, damn, yeah. you just lost a lot on the list. Uh but it's every year, Chris. It's every no, year. Right. It's six years we've done this podcast. It's been the issue. And not the running games, but the, the offensive line. And, yeah. You know, like I said, I'm not looking for 70-yard pops that we used to get from Cook. But you give me, right. you know, a 20-yarder here, 15-yard, 9-yard, 4-yard, you know, something like that. Keep the chains moving with the run and make it effective. Um, I think that'll be adequate for this season. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't doubt if we do see – Josh Oliver, and since these O'Neal and Derrissaw are good, all right, put Josh Oliver next to him, and let's run behind that. Let's just run behind that then, you know. It's better than fucking what we've been looking at in the interior. So, But you're right. When push comes to shove against those high-level defensive, really both sides of the ball offensive lines, that's what it always comes down to. You can do this, you can do that. And like I said, we were fourth at attempts of passing. Maybe we go to – eighth, you know, and then just run a little bit more. It's not, we're not going to, we're going to be top 10 attempts as long as KO is here. It's just, that's what's going to happen, you know, on average. So, um, but you're right. I think we'll be okay, but man, like you said, this could be a, a, this could for sure be a top five offense if they could just get some improvement. And that's why you kind of hone in on Ingram. Because that, that first to second year jump, you just assume Cleveland's not going to all of a sudden out of nowhere take a jump. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, man. The, the path, the journey to serviceable. Man, that, this has been a hell of a journey. Um, especially our, you know, growing up we had so many quality offs alignment too, you know what I mean? So it just, it just messes with us now. It's like, this isn't football. What do you mean you can't run on, you know? Anyway, yeah. let's and the kicker's back, cut. Chris. The kicker's back. Yep. And like I said, I just I like don't know what he man. did down the stretch. He hit game winners and all that, but yeah, the extra points, it's still shaky, man. It's still it shaky on the extra points. And there's guys out there, so you know, whatever it is that they're trying to build confidence in Joseph or whatever, I certainly hope they've built it by now because we cannot have these mixed extra points every game. It's just it puts us. Yeah, they brought us. somebody in too. You know early in the thing, you know, didn't make the team, but they brought someone in to put the pressure on him, but I don't know. Then again, we took, uh, remember we got that Cowboys dude who had like the second best percentages and, you know, made field goal percentage and we, we dropped him down to like ninth on the list after we were done with him. Uh, so we fucked it. He never should have came here. Good. 
gone down as the second best kicker of all time. No. Um, let's get to it, shall we? The Vikings and the Bucks. This used to be a division rival not all that long ago, really. And it's um, Central. Yep. Good old Central. I am glad that it's called the North. Speaking of, we got the deep purple gear back this year for the, pretty much the whole year on average. Uh, that deep purple freaking helmet, dude. I, oh man, we'll play the Packers. We'll play the Bears once in a while. Man, we break those out. I love that helmet. I yeah, it's a gray face it. mask. It's it just, yeah, it really is, man. Um, so we got some old school against old school, like you said, Central Division rivalry back not long ago. Vikes Tampa Bay. Like I said, they literally have as of like. A little less, maybe four days ago, they had six undrafted rookies on their initial 53. Um, They, a lot of people were kind of mixed, hearing mixed messages with Mike Evans because of his uh, (coughs) contract stuff. I know he's got a little groin injury. I think it's minor, but um, it sounds like he's just going to shut down talks if it's not done by Sunday. Uh, And then, you know, we'll see what happens free agency, but he's going to play. Uh, so Mike Evans is going to play. I think he's on his, like, ninth year of – he's going for his ninth year of a uh, 1,000 yards. Dude's just been solid as hell. Um, but last year they put up a paltry 18.4 points per game, and they got Baker Mayfield calling the, uh, play, the play calls. No, he's not going to play calls. But he's, you know, he's a signal caller, we'll call it, um, which, you know, I, I'm happy about. You know I mean? It's better than Brady. It's better than some other guys we could name, that's for sure. Uh, maybe Baker will find a home here. Who knows? Uh, we are favorites by six points. Uh, it's a 45.5 over under. I think it's – maybe it went to 45 now. Um. You know, this team seems to be a little in flux. Obviously, they won a championship not all that long ago. They got some quality players, no doubt about it, Antoine Winfield Jr. being one of them. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they have another, what is it, Goodwin, right? The, the, the other wide receiver is really fucking good. And that's kind of their, they're like, man, are we going to pay two wide receivers? Is, is he getting old? And now we, is this the time to not give a big deal? And so they got some issues there. Uh, seems like they got a lot going on coming off. I think they were either nine and eight or eight and nine. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Vikes are going to win. Um, I got the Vikings winning. Um, I got it like right in the like 24 to 20, 27 to 20, 27, 23. I'll go with that score. I got three of them written down. I'll circle it. 27, 23. Our Minnesota Vikings. What, what, what says you, sir? I'm right there with you. I think you, you kind of nailed it. We, you know, I don't know what this Tampa team is doing. I really think it's probably a tank. Uh, we got Caleb and Drake May and all these guys coming out. And, you know, you're going to start Baker Mayfield, back him up with Kyle Trask. Uh, you know, you've drafted some guys that look to be for the future, not for right now. A lot of what Tampa Bay is doing seems to be for – Another, may you say, competitive or maybe uncompetitive rebuild. I think they're going to try to get that rookie-scale quarterback. 
fill out their roster a little bit in the next two seasons. So I really don't think they're going to come out and play all that well or all that hard. And I think we're going to win. But since we're still figuring out a few things and trying to, you know, brand new defense, they might score a little bit on us. Um, offensively, I think we'll be all right. Um, but you never know how they're going to come out and play. So, you know, it's a home game. And, uh, so I think, yeah, we'll win. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a blow up because that's just not what the squad does. It'd be, you know, I'd be very surprised if it was a 24 3 or 24 6 or something like that. Right. I think you're going to get some scoring like from the Packers that. game last year to start. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was what, 17 3 or something? It wasn't a, a huge blowout or anything like that. But yeah, obviously, it was, it was a dominant confused. performance. It was that's a dominant true. performance. So, you know, I guess you could get the blowout here, but I really think it's going to be, like you said, something like. I think we'll get 28, around 28, and give up, you know, high teens, 21, something like that. Um, you know, and I think it'll be a good start. Uh, and then you got to, you know, you got on the road next, and it's a short week and everything like that. So I think you come out, you make hay here, and you win this one. And I really don't think it's going to be – I don't think it'll be a start-to-finish thing. It might get a little close around halftime. And let's pay attention also, Chris, this year about coming in out of halves. Um, you know, how we, how we start the game, you know, things like that, because those are going to be important changes. And, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, run away with the game here, especially after last season where we're just in every single game. The last two years, man, the last two years we've been in so many tight one score games for Christ's sakes. As much as I want to see that, I don't think we'll see that this week, but I think there is a possibility that we will, but I just don't think we will just only because of the defense is going to be feeling things out and nobody played in the preseason. And so it's going to be touch and go. And I think it's a great thing that, you know, you kind of do get, a glorified scrimmage here with Tampa Bay. I know it's the NFL and any team can beat anybody on any given Sunday if they don't show up and you're flat or whatnot. But yeah. I think they're going to come out. It's going to be a good game. And I think, uh, we will win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So I like where you're at. I think, uh, if I had to, you know, nail it down, I'd say like probably, you know, 28 to 21, something around there and, and, uh, a good way to start the season. And, um, before we get to the Gophers, I, I didn't actually give my thoughts on the preseason stuff, and I'm right with you. Having, like, two years ago gone to one of those scrimmages against Denver as well, it, it it's – they're not tackling all the way to the ground all the time. It happens from time to time, but they don't. The Both lines are going head-to-head, though. That's for sure. Now, you can't slam into the quarterback. Sure, that's that's part of it, but – they're going head to head, straight up, ones against ones, and it's it's not eleven on eleven feeling like seven on seven. You know what I mean? It, it it's legit. So I like, and I would like it if we could do two of them, two different teams. Um, so yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And we just have the perfect facility with the hotel right there to be able to do it. So why not? So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I, I do agree that. As much as I'd like to see a, a drive or two or whatever, I think that that's if we're going to do it, we better do the uh, the scrimmages. And, and like I said, I would like to be able to do two of them a year so you get that different look. And they have talked about Flores' defense, how it's made them think a lot more than they ever have in camp because he brings so many different exotic looks and blitzes and whatnot. So um, – Sometimes you got to work through that and be like, oh, they sacked me, but I'm still going to finish this read. 
I know Coach Ko and Cousins and other people have talked about it, where it's like it's kind of a mix of are you trying to win this actual play in the scrimmage, or are you trying to overall get better and get looks that you need? So um, I, I'm definitely down for that. Now on to the Gophers. They got the dub. It definitely wasn't pretty, but they got the dub. They came out looking decent. Um, the new, you know, not the new starter because he started down the stretch, but he is now full time. Calamant, Macus, uh, Ethan, the, what do they call him? The Greek rifle, I think they call him now. But, uh, he came out pretty sharp. I think it was like seven to ten. We did really good on third down, but, um, there was about three or four plays I'm sure he, he would have liked to have back, just misfiring. Um, we, about two or three drop balls. There was some stuff that, you know, we did have experienced guys coming back, but we also had some guys that are making their first official start at not just coming off the bench or something like that. But when I saw, you know, two, because the new Big Ten rule, two hours before kickoff, when I saw Cody Lindenberg out, knowing our depth at safety, I thought, oh, shit, what's going on? And then Darnell Jeffries, a guy that played a lot last year and was going to be expected to play on the line a lot this year, that threw me off. Same with LeCaptain, who's another guy that's like role-player linebacker-type guy who maybe he'll take over the starting job. That one, And then, of course, Chris Adam Bell somehow always gets a little banged up. Uh, the guy's a playmaker, but it is hard for him to stay, you know, stay on the field. So when I saw that, though, I was like, shit, inward going against Sims, like a, a, ru- a running quarterback. So, yeah, early in the game, man, he effectively ran that ball. And like I said, I thought our guy behind the center looked pretty good for, for a while. We were pretty good on third down and whatnot. I did like what I saw out of Crooms. Uh, the, um, God, where'd he come from? I can't remember what school he came Oh, I think it was Western Michigan. Yeah, He looks like a guy that can get open. Um, and clearly, you know, they, they had like three or four different types of receivers that they were throwing to. We had 18 pass attempts in the first half and were up in the game, ultimately 44 attempts, and it never was more than a one-score game. Um, that kind of threw me off a little bit. I did notice the, the defense got more pressure in this individual game with some of the guys that uh, they're depending on, some younger guys that got playing time, but now we're depending on them. Um, and then Tyler Newman. I mean, welcome back, Tyler Newman. Man. Two picks in there, same with Wally. Overall, ugly game, but we pulled it out in the end with a phenomenal catch by Daniel Jackson. That was a great catch. You know, I was live. I watched it. You know, I thought, yeah, he's just out. as a bad pass. You know, couldn't get it, but, you know, toe-tapped, got it in. And you're right, you know, Calic Manis – you know, it's not Tanner Morgan, so, you know, I'm happy to see that. Tanner was here for six years. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, we got to know we're getting there. I think the offensive line right. uh, is kind of standard Minnesota offensive line. You might not have anybody that's a first-rounder or something, but overall uh, it seems to be an effective one. I think the run game uh, needs some improvement, but, again, week one against Nebraska. Um Defensively, no Lindenberg. That's a big shot, but Newbin really showed up when he needed to. Prime spots, you know, for good picks. Uh, Wally played well, like you said. I thought Josh Joyner again is starting to show some real pressure, not like the Thomas Rush pressure or the Carter Coughlin pressure, but I mean, real pressure on the quarterback. 
um, in that position. I'm glad that, you know, he's come around a little bit. So I think there's a lot of positives. I was a little disappointed in Nebraska, to be honest. I thought that, you know, I thought there'd be a little more to them, but, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're, they're crappy and they're probably going to win some games, but, uh, I just thought, you know, Sims seemed to be their weapon there. And, uh, at some point you could stop that. And then what are you going to do about it? And they didn't really seem to have another alternative, at least against our defense. Uh, they didn't. We'll see how the rest of the season progresses. But he snuck away with the 13-10 win, which is, hey, a W is a W, and we don't want to be dropping games. We've had this issue the last couple seasons of dropping games that you should win, and it's nice to come out on top. I think if, you know, you can continue to win like this, uh, you know, Flex always going to run the ball. There's going to be, you know, 44 pass attempts is, is a lot of pass attempts now. With the receiving crew he has now, Chris, you mentioned Crooms and uh, Jackson. There's another kid, too, that's uh, that's really kind of played well. And then, of course, you saw Dalen Wright down there at TCU uh, catch a catch a touchdown on a old prime squad that's uh, showing out. So I guess that guy left in the portal. I wasn't aware of that until I watched uh, that Colorado game. But um, you seem to have receivers, so maybe they're going to, you know, with the new entrance, the people that are joining the Big Ten, you might – realize you're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more with USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington uh, joining the conference. You can't just maybe, you know, maybe you can bring the run percentage down to 50% instead of 60%. And I don't really think I've seen a lead back yet for the Gophers, which is a little alarming. If you're going to want to run 60% of the time, you're going to want to have somebody you can count on. It's not, might not going to be, uh, you know, Mo Ibrahim, but you've got to have someone you can go to uh, that's going to, you know, be productive. So I think there's some there's some wrinkles there, but I think for a week one, a home game, uh, yeah, a 13-10 win over Nebraska is nothing to – especially when you didn't have any tape to watch. You didn't know what you were going to get, and I think they did a lot of stuff on the fly. But I, I really think, uh, you know, Calic Manis seems to be uh, adequate there. I don't think he's going to be a, a star, but we'll see. Um, he needs to, you know, rein his passes in a little bit, get a more accurate. I kind of like the, the short – distance stuff he was doing um but the deep balls and the long balls uh need to come in a little bit but you know what he's a sophomore now so he's got room to grow and i think we're in pretty good stead here with the gophers uh so far i know fleck got some controversial you know criticism over them you know can't we just be happy i mean we, we have a competitive big 10 program and it's like people try to pick it apart pick it apart and it's just it's annoying Chris especially guys our age you know we saw some very yeah. uncompetitive squads been? yeah it's like yeah. do it's you remember are you forgetting a couple things to not be you know a joke of the of college football so you know I'm not saying you get away with whatever you want to get away with but man you know it's nice to be competitive and know that you get a shot even in the games against Michigan you can beat them I mean it's possible uh, Ohio State, you can give them a good game. You could, it's possible you can beat them. You're in there. You're, at least you're not going to get blown out. What Nebraska blew us out fifty to three or some shit like that. I mean, back in the day. So, yeah, you know, I think we just need to be grateful. And I think they're going to have a pretty good season. Tough schedule this year, Chris. Tough schedule, and uh, you got you know Michigan's on the on the docket. I think high State's there. Um, but I think you know your improved program. Um, the portals changed quite a bit of things. But what I saw so far, uh, you know, I like, and I think it's going to 
bode well for 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 a nice season. I think you'll get a bowl game at the very least, and you could even, you know, you could even surprise some people. So that's what you want to look for, and I think you see it there. And, and I'm really happy about that. And uh, I think you got some decent players. Uh, so let's go, man. I think the Gophers are in for another year. Let's not drop our, you know, perennial, uh, you know, bowling green game. You know, let's, let's try to get no that show. Just yeah. a ten point no show against somebody that we should be showing against. Right, Illinois. Yeah. You know, but Illinois is yeah. pretty quality now. So, um, yes, yeah, so we're zero and one in the Bowling Green season, so to speak. So, I don't know. Uh, go Gophers, let's, let's go. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, they scored on that trick play. Um, that they thought it was a dead ball. You know, that's not a big deal. They had that long return special teams needs to tighten up. I know Eastern Michigan, that's one of the thing, one of their things that they're really good at special teams. So that would be something to look at. Like you said, we did definitely get to see more pressure as that went, game went on. It seemed by the second quarter, they were, they were almost getting to the quarterback and then they started getting to the quarterback. I think it was that possession where it was two or three times we sacked them. Um, and you know, we didn't get that, you know, rollover game to get the rust off. So you're right. I mean, I, th- I think it was okay. Sometimes you get look too far into game ones. and But I do think that I know Fleck was saying that they were crowding the, the box and everything. And that's fair. But haven't they been crowded? Like, it's not like the first year they crowded the box on us. You know what I mean? We knew it last year only – you know, the military schools were ran more than us. They run the option. So it's 71% to 29%, 70% to 30 was the year before. Um, if you look at 2019, right, the, the big year, 63 to 37. So it's, you know, it's not like it's just we just threw the ball left and right. The year before we were 60-40. That's the most 40% of the time we passed that 2018. Now, we had a garbage defense that year that uh, the old boy got fired for, so we did have to probably move the ball more at that time. But I don't think that – I don't think it got to the point where we just couldn't run at all. Um, like, okay, that's not going to work. Let's try something else. It felt like they may have gone to that let's try something else a little early, throwing it 44 times, when literally you were only down 10-3. to three. That was – and you were up three to zip for a long, you know. So, to me, it, it felt like they were passing a little early. But he even said it today uh, in the press conference, you know, had Ethan hit a couple of those passes and then not a couple drops, all of a sudden it looks like good numbers. So, um, so yeah, I think it's somewhere in between. But, you know, the fact that they're willing to do it because that's what they have for talent it's good because last year, last two years, it's just like, dude, we can't keep doing this, you know? And so, and we have a lot more depth at wide receiver so we can lose a guy or two and still have some guys that can be productive. So we'll see, like I said, no Bowling Green this week against Eastern Michigan, get the job done. And then you got North Cackalacka at North Carolina ranked team to get that, like you said, tough schedule going. Any last words, my friend? You know, it's going to be one of those seasons, Chris, uh, for both squads. I think particularly the Vikings, though, it could be six and ten, Chris. It could, or six and 
not going to be six and ten. It was six or eleven, or it could be you know eleven and six. I, I really don't think we're going to get thirteen again, but you never know. Uh, I think probably we're going to. Oh yeah, up... you know what? We didn't do our predictions. I almost well, forgot. Uh, I guess we'll do them right now, real quickly. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going. Yeah, I don't want to be a pessimist here, but I don't like our, our lines, defensive line, offensive line. Uh, I'm going to go uh, probably pretty low here, six to seven wins uh, this year and some nice draft picks in the offseason. What do you say? I got it basically what I thought last year, like nine and eight, ten and seven is what I thought. Um, so, But I have nine and eight circled. So. There you have it. Go ahead, though. Sorry for interrupting you. I'm glad that you, no, I just, up, you know, I'm glad that you brought up numbers because I was yeah. on the Gophers thing when you said that, and I was like, "What? No, that? Oh yeah, shit, we got to do that." So I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Yeah, I just you know it's it's nice to start another season. I, I know I, I picked a low amount of, of wins, but I think that that also will have its uh, will be fun to watch for the season if it does go that way. And I think that we're kind of on this cusp of a new window. So I, I want to see, you know, what happens. I think we're seeing a window close probably officially this year from, from, uh, the Spielman regime and the Hunters and the Kendricks and the, the Zimmer stuff. And now we're kind of like going to work towards opening a new one. And I'm excited about that because I think it's a probably a couple years, uh, too late. All right, we'll be back next Monday. Go Vikes, go Gophers, peace.